the Holy Family Chapel Hill podcast, where you will find our weekly sermons, as well as the occasional reflection, conversation, or interview. We are glad you are here. Welcome. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Imagine that you live in an unsettling and unstable world. I suspect that it won't be too difficult for most of you, but... Humor me just a moment and imagine. In this world, all that matters to your government officials is cold, calculating efficiency, not the well-being of the poor and the vulnerable. They enact policies and taxes that price you out of your home or force you to find a new career. Maybe they deport you to make room for their various projects, projects which they promise will finally make everything right. Or, if you're lucky, they might leave you be. You may be privileged enough that your life stays pretty much the same, no matter who's in charge. Further still, in the midst of all this oppression, you can't help but notice that your faith community seems to be weakening. Those who share your faith have died, or moved away, or simply given it up. What do you do? Do you assimilate? Do you decide to endorse or live by or vote for whatever rulers and policies seem the least problematic? Do you join an in-group of like-minded people, enjoying a sense of security, but alienating yourself from those who are different from you? Do you simply give up? Do you become jaded and hopeless and faithless? Or, or, Do you find stability in servanthood? Do you work to feed and welcome and clothe and care for and visit your fellow sufferers? This world that you've imagined is the world that the prophet Ezekiel was living in and responding to in our Old Testament passage today. The powers and principalities had collapsed under their own crushing weight, The kings of Egypt and Assyria and Judea fell rapidly at the hands of the Neo-Babylonian king Nebuchadrezzar II. Ezekiel and many other Judeans, but not all, were exiled from their homeland. 
Jerusalem and the temple were destroyed, so further deteriorating Judean society and religious life. Mortal kingship had failed the Judeans. And it was in this landscape that Ezekiel prophesied. Ezekiel's prophecies are, let's just say, famously eccentric. And they're just full of vivid imagery. And in the one we read today, God promises to rescue God's sheep from bad shepherds who prioritize their own well-being over their flocks. God promises to gather God's sheep from the nations and to feed them and care for them and heal them and strengthen them. But something darker lurks beneath this passage, something which frightens me, and it should frighten you as well. There's a long tradition on this day, Christ the King Sunday, of lambasting rulers and nations for their inadequacy and their corruption and their sinfulness. Indeed, that was a major motivation for its institution by Pope Pius XI. He was responding to the 20th century rises of secular, militaristic regimes globally. And honestly, I would say that most rulers and nations do deserve quite a bit of lambasting. But Christ is not just the king of kings. He's also the king of you and me. So what frightens me, what frightens me is that the good shepherd's return brings judgment, not only on the shepherds, but on the sheep There's no room anymore for us to reassure ourselves that we're not responsible for injustice, right? We say things like, oh, what can I do about it? I'm just a sheep. I'm not a shepherd. I'm just an average citizen. I'm not a politician. But let me share a few sobering verses that the lection skipped. These are from Ezekiel 34, verses 17 through 19. As for you, my flock, thus says the Lord God, I shall judge between sheep and sheep, between rams and goats. Is it not enough for you to feed on the good pasture, but you must tread down with your feet the rest of the pasture? When you drink of clear water, Must you foul the rest with your feet? And must my sheep eat what you have trodden with your feet and drink what you have fouled with your feet? And then the prophecy continues with with what we read earlier, right? The sheep who pushed with flank and shoulder, the sheep who butted with their horns, these sheep will be judged. And David will come and care for the weak. Now, of course, David was long dead at the time of Ezekiel's prophecy. So, who is this kingly figure who will rescue God's flock on Ezekiel's day of clouds and thick darkness? I think that it's a pretty safe bet to say that this is the one who Matthew calls the son of David. 
He is enthroned Son of Man, gathering the nations before him. He is Jesus Christ who separates the sheep from the goats. That's right, I hate to break it to you, but this seems as good a time as any to tell you, you are sitting through your third apocalyptic homily in a row. (laughs) Today's gospel lection is the capstone of Jesus' lengthy address to his disciples on how to prepare for his return. This apocalyptic preparation, it doesn't involve conspiracy theories or bunkers or excessive amounts of canned food. Rather, it involves our behavior toward others. Jesus tells us that he, the shepherd, will judge us based on how we treat one another. Do we thoughtlessly foul the waters of our fellow sheep after drinking it ourselves? The residents of Flint, Michigan, our polluted waterways, they say, yes. Do we feed ourselves by treading down the pasture of other sheep? Deprived soil, paved over landscapes, poisoned agricultural communities say, yes. Do we clothe ourselves? Do we shelter ourselves? Do we even heal ourselves at the expense of other sheep? It is hard to live in our consumeristic culture and not say, yes. So how can we fix this? How can we ensure that that we are not the sheep who push with flank and shoulder and butt at the weak with our horns? We can't. Now hear me, we, we can, of course, do good to others, and we should do good to others. We must do good to others. But there's a really weird thing about today's gospel. Did you notice it? The righteous ones, the ones at the right hand of Christ the King and Judge, they don't know that their selfless acts have heavenly benefits. Lord, when was it? When was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? The righteous sheep are ignorant of their own righteousness. They're unmotivated by heavenly or earthly reward. They simply care for God's people. And in doing so, they care for God, God's self. But they don't know. They don't know that this is what they're doing. Nor that they'll be given the kingdom of heaven in return. These, then, are the sheep who are open to the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives. They don't try to force their own righteousness, whether through governmental or personal influence. No, instead, these sheep are simply obedient. They're simply receptive to the Spirit's guidance. These sheep are beacons of light and warmth that stand in holy opposition to the cold, calculating, militaristic efficiency of today's neo-Babylonians. They are God's witnesses in uncomfortable spaces, in the unsettling, unstable world that we imagined 
earlier. God places these sheep in hospitals and prisons and shelters, in exile, in oppressive systems, in corrupt nations, in our own broken homes, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces. These, you see, are the places where Christ dwells. These are the places where Christ meets us. These are the places where the shepherd divides the sheep from the goats. And these are the places where we obey our King. Amen. Turning to page 358 in the prayer book, let us reaffirm our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father.
Thank you for joining us today. You can find out more about the Church of the Holy Family at holyfamilychapelhill.org. Thanks for listening, and join us again next week. Peace be with you.